and we're back with episode seven of Half Measures. Not a fortnight later, Paul, but a week later, just like we promised. I presume since we're doing twice the content, I'm going to be receiving twice the pay. You'll definitely get twice the twice the pay. Um, of course, twice of nothing getting... is still nothing, right? That's true. All of our money goes to the social media manager. So, um, okay. Look, when we start making a profit, Paul, you'll be first equal to start getting the paycheck. I appreciate that. Um, look, things are things are things are still grim around the world. It's awful. But you know what? It is awful. If just about everyone's in lockdown now. And, you know, there's really no excuse for not listening to Half Measures. So if you could do us a favor and, and tell your friends, tell people in your bubble and other bubbles, Half Measures right. Pod. You can, half measures it, you can spread Half Measures throughout the bubbles. That, that is certainly allowed. The only type of spreading that's allowed these days. Yep. <laughs> I'm not sure about this intro. I think it's it's gone downhill quite fast. But um, look, <laughs> I'm just going to carry on. No it's, it's, it's I'm a, not standing again. Since I'm not getting paid, that's the way I'm standing again. It's, it's a burning, burning pile of, it's a burning garbage truck, but right. we'll just stick with it. So, um, look, it's only been uh, a week since we last um, last caught up, Paul, but as tradition dictates, what have you been watching over the last week? Um, so, yeah, so I have uh, caught right up to date with Homeland. Um, and this is a show, spoiler alert, you can definitely expect to see in my top 10 tv shows for the year really this series is going out on a bang um the thing is with homeland a lot of people i think homeland got a lot of popularity in its first couple of seasons especially when president uh, barack obama said at the time you know this is my favorite show um and you know a lot of people got into the the early seasons with with damian lewis alongside claire mm, danes and right. then of course um again spoiler alert when damian lewis left the show um some people thought that was it. Yeah, you know, that 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 story was so key that they they didn't want to carry on. Um, but I would recommend this show for anyone to come back because this final season, the tension, the last few episodes. Um, you were talking the other week about having a um, a palate cleanser before you know before going to sleep. We can't finish our evening, my wife and I, on a night, on an episode of Homeland. It's 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 really intense. Is how far through season eight are we? Is it a few more uh, episodes to go or? Yeah, there's only a couple more to go. And as I say, this is the final season, so they're really tying off a few stories and making some big decisions. I really love Homeland as well. Um, it's definitely one I'm going to watch once. Um, I, I think I'm definitely in the camp of saving them up until they're all, they're all there to kind of binge in one go. Yep. Um, and look, I think, um, yeah, it's such a great show. And I think actually after season season two, um, it actually gets stronger and stronger as a show. So yeah, good recommendation, Paul. Good uh, recommendation. What else have I got for you? Um, Finished off some Elementary because we were behind on that. Another show that's underrated, I fancy, Elementary. Really enjoyable show. Johnny Lee Miller, Lucy Liu. Um, that's been really enjoyable. It's one of those shows that we we may not watch for like six to nine Lucy months. Lucy Liu. I wonder what she's been up to. She's been up to Elementary. Yeah. I feel like I haven't seen her since, uh, what, Charlie's Angels or Kill Bill? I don't yeah. know. No, she's, um, she plays the role of Joan Watson. So... Um, if, you, if you're not familiar with elementary, it's set in New York City. And so instead of having it be set in, in London, it's New York. And instead of John Watson, it's Joan Watson. Um, and the relationship, the chemistry between the two is really good. Um, so that's another show that's been enjoyable. But I'll tell you just quickly before I hand over to you, uh, a show we've just kicked off. 
and we need to get through this really quickly because there's only a couple of episodes and it's driving us insane is don't bleep with cats no that that's a good show it's a good show i've seen it it's um that's a look we could probably have a deeper conversation about this but it's a really fascinating to see when a online community comes together and puts their puts the effort into trying to solve a crime it's uh no that's a messed up show I think in the so um, in the in the same similar vein to that type of show, um, one of the things I've been watching is uh, Tiger King: Murder, Mayhem, and Madness, um, which is basically a seven-part documentary. You may you may have heard of it a little bit. It's, it's quite popular around the the internet these days. Um, what a roller coaster of a show! I both hated it and loved every moment of it all at once, and it just the way it brought the characters to life, well, they're real life characters, but the way the whole thing kind of kind of came together is, look, anything that goes wrong in my life now, I blame it on Carol Baskin, that bitch Carol Baskin. Okay. Those big, those uh, <clears throat> those big those big cat lovers in America, amazing, amazing. Did you know, Paul? Um, in America, there is somewhere between five and twelve thousand big cats kept in captivity. Really? Mm, how how many cats? How many big cats? Are big tigers? Do you think are left in the world? I wouldn't have a clue. I'm not going to embarrass myself making a stupid guess. Go ahead. Four 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 thousand. There's there's more big cats in in America than there are left in the world. Crazy, crazy. We're talking tigers here. Yeah. Um. Nah, but yeah. But no. Look, it's a it's a show which I think um. You know, I've been talking to a few people that have been watching it that either they can't they can't handle the cringe factor, or they're just a little bit like me and just absolutely soak it up and just love every every moment of that madness. So if you're after something a little bit different, um, it's a good watch. Um, I've also been watching. Um, I've finished Clone Wars up to season six. Nice, which, which is pretty good. Um, so I'm saving season seven until the that's fully complete and I've started Rebels season one um, and I think I know you're a big Rebels fan and yeah. the the animation quality and storytelling I can already tell was, was fantastic I can't like it's so good I'm, I'm only about four episodes in but looks like a Look, good show it, for me if you're saying that four episodes into season one you're in for a treat because just like mm. you've said with with Clone Wars season one was a you know not that great season one of Rebels is it's good, but it's it's probably not as good as two, three, four. So um, mm-hmm. you're you're going to enjoy that. Uh, I've actually then I've also been watching uh, more Bosch as well. So we're we're just about finished season two of Bosch. Really enjoying that. Like it's um, I'm weirdly finding it like quite a good show, but like it's not too intense. It's not too mm-hmm. slow. It's kind of just a like it's a good evening watch, particularly yeah. in these uh in these dark times. It's like it's an easy watch, and um yeah, I'm really enjoying it. But I did just see one. Um, I don't know. Are you a Kim's Convenience fan? Yes. Of that TV show. Season Appreciate. four. Season four just come out on Netflix. So, um, so you know, when you think of palate cleansers, that's the that's a perfect palate cleanser for me. I love that show. Definitely. Well, we've got a few seasons of Seinfeld to get through, and I tell you what, in these troubling times, an episode of Seinfeld each night is the perfect tonic. Just to just to really that's amazing, brilliant. Yeah. Just the last thing to watch. Seinfeld, such a great show. Such a great show. So um, this week, Paul, 
uh, we actually thought we'd do a bit of a, a continuation of what we started last week. So last week we did uh, 10 movies to get to know me. Yes. And so we thought, given that people are probably a hungry for content, looking for things to watch, looking for movies, looking for TV shows, why don't we sort of extend um, that topic and we'll do 10 TV shows to know me. What do you let's think? See if, well, let's see if we can get that trending on Twitter. I haven't seen that one trending yet. Maybe we could start it. Um, look, I will say this was perhaps <laughs> the hardest list Look, this is the look, hardest list. Look. Yeah, everyone, it's really easy to look on a podcast. This is the hardest list me. I think I've ever put together. I And even now as I look at it, I'm, I'm so unhappy with it. I feel this is the biggest half measure I've ever made because it's impossible. And you know, I kept having to just yeah, chat shows yeah. there because I was like, no, 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 that's, that's, that's one of my favorite shows. That's a top show. I'm not putting it in there as something that defines me. And yeah. It's this is the hardest thing. Yeah, I, I definitely found TV shows a lot harder to um, sort of curate a list, particularly because I think um, you know a TV show can very much change its tone and sort of approach to storytelling throughout the season. So what may be you know a favourite or sort of a defining show for you at one point may be very different on a different season. Um, but I think you know, like once again, like look. Let's not get too hung up on it. There's only about what four hundred thousand people that listen to this podcast, so um, they're not going to hold us to too Has much. It account. Gone down? I thought it was half mil. Well, you know, there was that. We, we might have lost a few. <laughs> Is that right? Okay. Should we should we get into the uh, should we get into the ten? <laughs> I won't go further. Yeah, no, I think we should do the ten. So yeah, I think so much like last time. Um, these these are, I guess, favourite shows, but they're also shows which have really sort of stuck with us for one reason or another. Um, and once again, they're they're not really in any order, um, but they're shows that I, I guess we've really enjoyed um, over our time. So I think if you are looking for something good to watch, I look without even hearing your list, I would say that these will be like it's going to be twenty shows that you know you could check out at any point, and you will probably enjoy it. That's right. Do you want yeah. to start us off this time, Dan? Oh, all right then. All right. So um, the first show that I'm going to go for is um, I've actually got quite mo- relatively modernist shows on my list. Um, okay. And my first one, I'm actually going to go with a bit of a, a dark comedy. And I want to go with Eastbound and Down. Um, unbelievable. I'm going to I'm just going to show you the top of my screen across this this pod. Yeah, can you see that? Oh, you've got it. You've got it. You've and got not, it so... not only have I got it. See, it's at the top of my list. And you're you're unrankless, or you're rankless. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's unranked, but it's still yeah, 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 unbelievable. And look, I just think it's so Eastbound and Down, Four Seasons, Danny McBride, absolutely um, hilarious. I have rewatched it recently. Yep. The jokes and the dark humour is even better than the first time I watched it. I think yeah, Danny McBride's such a an underrated actor. And the character of Kenny Powers is just everything ab- I aspire to be. Yeah, and you know, like just in, in a sort of, you know, if no one knows what he's bounding down is. It's basically about a um, American uh, baseball player who's who you know wasn't sort of the big leagues and sort of comes comes crashing down and just he still kind of lives in this this fantasy bubble that that he's still the man. And he never really was the man either. That's what really makes it funny is he he like he threw a good pitch. 
and you know he was kind of famous for that but he he, he didn't have like a, a decade long career he, he no just... no no and what i think that's the thing it's that um it's that confidence and that that he just carries he's had that confidence all his life um like the way the character's portrayed and i think he's a character that would fit perfectly into the tiger king world like he's so outrageous and so out there and so kind of just almost kind of like zero fucks about anything it's, it's, it's hilarious it's the, it's the it's the absolute arrogant confidence that he has and the uh, the swagger and uh you know thinking he's you know the greatest thing that's ever been delivered to this earth zero respect for for people um particularly you know for, for women no no thought of inappropriateness around disabled people or um, people of other race just you know really <clears throat> And look, I, I think there was a there was a golden age. Well, I don't know whether everyone would call it the golden age, where this type of humor and this type of comedy. I don't think you could make it in today's world. Like you could, but it would be a lot harder. Whereas I sort of feel like this just kind of hit at just the right time. Like it's definitely inappropriate. Um, it's not going to be for everyone, um, but it's it's a hell of a ride as well. And I think if you're if you're in New Zealand, you can you can still watch Eastbound and Down on Neon, I believe. So yeah, definitely worth yeah. a rewatch. I have the this is one of the few comedies I've bought the the box set comedy of. Oh, do you really? Yeah, it's worthwhile because you know, um, it, it's not it's not that old, but it is you know it's actually you know 2009, so it's uh it's amazing how much times have changed. It's, you know, for it's, you to say you know, 11, maybe you wouldn't 11. get away with it now. Yeah, I'm still I, in a state of shock, Dan. I'm still in a state of shock that there's thousands of TV shows out there, and we're doing this across this, um, you know, this Squadcast uh, podcast software, and showing you my phone because otherwise, I just think no one else in the world would believe that we could possibly have. It's just amazing well, that we'd come out with the same show. It actually I worries was going to say, I was going to say actually, I think we might have quite a few more shows in common on this list than we do movies. Because really? I think there's quite, yeah, I think there's quite a few shows that we collectively love. Like, obviously, I'm not going to have your your classic EastEnders and all that type of stuff, which you've probably yeah. got. But and I won't know. have, you know, probably The Block or um, Love Island. But you know, we'll have some some things that are the same. Wow, wow, I can't believe you went there. Mm. Um, okay, Paul. So so that's on your list as well. So um, I guess it's it's over to you then. What's what's next on your list? Um, so yeah, so my number nine is not that this is in any particular order, but just uh, as it comes, uh, is a something that has to be in my list. I guess that's why it's near the top. Is Star Trek: The Next Generation, uh, nineteen eighty-seven? Never heard of it. Through, is it like an indie production or Star Trek? I, Star Trek? Nah. Yeah. Doesn't ring any bells, mate. Sorry. Yeah, your your lack of knowledge of. Star Trek and how you never got into it is a you know is a is a mystery to me and one that I hope to solve very very shortly. But this is a show that I remember first sitting down with with my dad to watch in '87, and I talked about how he take me to the cinema to see one of the movies. And what made this interesting is is that this the first season of Star Trek: The Next Generation was actually awful, terrible lighting, the acting wasn't on you know really that great. Uh, some of the stories really bad um the 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 costumes you know real bad 80s it hasn't aged well that first season and maybe not season two as well but there was enough in there to keep me interested and then through as it went through the 90s uh 
as I was you know, at university and so on, it, it really became something that was core to who I became. And someone wrote a book once called All I Need to Know in Life I Learned from Watching Star Trek, which is a little bit of a stretch perhaps, but there is so much in that show that um, has life lessons. So What's interesting about um, whenever I hear anyone talk about Star Trek is there's always a bit of an apology for like, oh, there, look, there's some terrible acting, there's some terrible um, props, there's some whales swimming through here. They're like, you know, there's always it's always premised with this bit's a bit shit, but but once you get through that, it's good, it's good, it's good. It's just literally just that first couple of seasons. Uh, after that, <laughs> first yeah. couple of seasons. Look, you're only look, you're only about sixty hours in. If you can do those sixty hours, you'll be fine. <laughs> I remember watching the show with my then girlfriend, who put up with that first couple of seasons, and she kept on watching. And that was when I knew that I was going to marry her because you know she could put up with that. She could put up with anything. I figured. Um, look, it's a classic show, and of course, having that that rebirth kind of rebirth with Star Trek Picard that's just come out in the last year or so has been an amazing um, revisit to, to some of those classic characters. And Is this a, so what Star Trek, this is Star Trek Generations, did you say? Or? Star Trek Generations was a movie. This is Star Trek, okay. the next generation. Oh, okay, uh, Star Trek okay. Generations aired in 1994 following the next generation season seven completion. Um, so this was, yeah, this is my Star Trek. People, when they, they talk about Star Trek, they, they typically have their Trek, the one that they mm -hmm. grew up with or the one they might most relate to. And so th this most certainly would be would be mine. So that's <clears throat> It's funny because it went, you know, like, because I would even, I could probably even answer that question of what is my Star Trek and it would be the, um, I don't know what you guys, what you, what you trickies call well, you the... guys, hang on, <laughs> that's not appropriate. <laughs> But whatever you people um, <laughs> even <call>. better. Sorry, <laughs> Donald. I mean Dan. <laughs> the one with uh, William Shatner, the okay, the original the, TV show, the original series TOS. Yes, like I remember, like that being a TV show that would often be on, like at about like at between five and six. I like could normally be on after sort of after school cartoons and then before the news as yeah. a kid. Yeah, so I've, I think I've probably seen more of that than I probably realise. I'm just playing with Which... the software here just to see if there's a way to shut off your video because, you know, I really, you know, just at the moment it's not helping me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's a, uh, look, I'm, I'm not surprised that's on your list, Paul. It's, it's probably, no, it's no surprise. Yeah. I, I pulled it out early. What have you, what have you got? <clears throat> well, what have I got? So um, this is a TV show that I used to absolutely love, and it's 24 with um Keith Sutherland yep. and back in the back in the day <clears throat> again not necessarily that long ago but still in the in the 2000s the concept of you know 24 is basically a a 24 hour period where um there's normally some terrorist threat and Jack Bauer who's played by Keith Sutherland basically has to save the day and it is a, it is the first tv show that really hooked me into like binge watching right. and just <clears throat> it you know like when you've watched there's nine seasons of 24 so by the time you get to really probably about season three or four they're pretty formulaic um every time there's a you know this kind of at the 12 hour point there's some sort of like almost like twist and storyline but regardless like they're just great fun um, and it's just a, I think it's the show that I think I remember thinking 
I think I like TV shows more than I like movies. And that's sort of why 24 has always stuck with me. Um, I know they've tried to sort of um, reboot 24 over the last few years. Um, yeah, that's what me, I was going to say. I thought they tried some some new series or, or they brought it back or something. Yeah, well, they, they had sort of a, a different character um, uh, rather than having the, the Jack Bauer character. But I think okay. um, Angry Keith Sutherland is one of my my favorite character like jack bauer is like a type of i take no shit i'm definitely going to break the rules i will go you know dark and go undercover to do what i need to do if i need to um interrogate someone to get the answers that i need i'm going to do it um and you know like though i don't condone that in real life it makes some fantastic tv watching i feel like i've missed out on this because it's you know you see so many Jack Bauer memes as well on the internet and you know so many people have such good things to say about this show um my Kiefer Sutherland experience has been um designated survivor and that's how I know Kiefer so I feel like <coughs> I need to, to really discover this show it's um and it's funny too because um Kiefer Sutherland is obviously like he's in lots of things like he's in like I can't watch designated survivor purely because I like Kiefer Sutherland as Jake Bauer and I can't have Kiefer Sutherland as the president I need him as the the CIA agent who's real dark and you know super action orientated so I've actually got all the most of the 24 um tv show on dvd I believe so I'm going to go yeah. check that after this after this podcast. But no, look, great, great show. And look, if you were to watch all nine seasons, that's probably going to see you through the entire lockdown. You know, or at least at least a good nine yeah. or ten days of it. Yeah, if not maybe, longer. Yeah, we'll have a, an episode of uh, Seinfeld and an episode of Twenty Four each night. That should probably see you through the whole way. More than that, twenty four episodes per per season. Of course. Outrageous. So that's that's so yeah. that's the premise. Twenty four hours per yeah, season. Yeah, that's right. It, and each each episode is an hour, so um, in real time, sort of, it, it follows real time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, what about you, Paul? What's what's next on your list? Um, so next on my list goes back a wee while. So this is less modern than um than anything I think you're going to have on your list. This is going back to 1982, and this is the classic Night Rider. So the wow David Hasselhoff. Uh, just when I think of my childhood and upbringing, and you know all those things that we talked about with movies, when it comes to you know to, to Star Wars and Superman, and you know football played a big part of it, but when it comes to television shows, there was so much to to, to go for. But Knight Rider was the one that I always was excited about. The one that was a Saturday night TV show. Um, sorry, Saturday night tea time sort of show and right from the start right the 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 theme music and i know i talk about music a lot with my my films and things but the, the music for the show insane and i haven't watched an episode of it recently and i am a little bit terrified to do so because i believe it may not have aged that well certainly i know the fashion and hairstyles may not have um but that car defined everything about what I wanted a car to be. And I'm not a car person, but if I could have any car in the world, that would be the one I'd go mm-hmm. for. Just, I just mm-hmm. loved the idea of a car that could talk. The the little red lights that were lit up on the dashboard when he was talking, the, the red strip across the front of the car. I just, even now, I just, you know, 
I have I have a few little, you know, um, what do you call them, matchbox cars, and one of one of them is 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 Kit. Just a great show to grow up with, and I just again I found it really intense as a kid. I, I found the, the action scenes really dramatic, and I just I'm terrified to rewatch it. But I think one day I might have to. Yeah, it's a look. That's a, a awesome TV show, and I feel like I might have seen a few episodes, at least within the last sort of five or so years, um, back when having like Sky TV was a bit more common, and it would um, they would play like reruns of it on one of the channels, um, and I've kind of seen like bits and pieces of it. But yeah, I think like you, yeah, it definitely captured me um, as a child, and I think there's, there's quite a few of those. Um, 80s TV shows in that similar camp for me. Like another one, there was a, a motorbike one, like um, which was similar to Street Hawk. Street Hawk, yep. Um, and also, this isn't on my list, but just it's reminded me of it. Um, remember Robin Hood as a as a kid, um, the TV show. Mm-hmm. Um, absolutely obsessed with Robin Hood. Me and my cousins would spend hours like playing in the backyard, making bows. Like it's such a People would take turns being little John, hitting each other with the broom. Such, such a such it's a great all, time. It's all good childhood fun. Exactly. Oh, and great also, choice. I also great feel like choice. you're you're sneaking out, you're sneaking another show into your list, which is really well played. So well done there. <laughs> no, what's, I, next, I, like what's I next for you? Um, okay, so next for me is I'm also gonna so I'm gonna go into the sci-fi genre, um, and I'm gonna go Battlestar Galactica. Unbelievable. There it is. I'm just holding up my camera again. I knew it would be on your list. I knew it. Um, I think for me, it's just a it's a TV show that um, you know. Obviously, Battlestar Galactica is a remake um, of the, the original Battlestar, but I think it's a it's a show which I think again just captured me really early on. I've rewatched it probably two or three times, uh, probably at least three times, and every time um, I, I really enjoy it. Incredible storytelling. I think emotional a little bit well. emotional. Yeah, definitely emotional. Um, every time, even though I've seen it a few times, I kind of feel like I go on the journey again of, um, you know, just seeing what happens to some of those different characters. Um, I think there's some again some great quality memes that come out of that show. Um, yeah. Fat Fat Adama is um is good. Apollo Apollo Apollo. Sorry, Fat Apollo Adama. Yeah. Full. Um, Amazing scene. I gonna, um, and I think it's kind of, you know, I don't, uh, this is probably going to trigger you, Paul, but I, I feel like <laughs> at, at, at times it probably has a little bit of a, of a Star Trek vibe. And I think sometimes their, you know, their prop quality isn't always the greatest, but it doesn't matter because the storytelling for me is so good. And I know there's lots of controversy about how that show ended, but for me, I think if you like sci-fi, you love um, – character-driven plots it's four seasons of highly recommended viewing yeah look i have no problem with the way it ended um i love the the pilot film the four seasons the razor um you know oh, the, the movie yeah yeah um everything about this show and the difference for me between this and star trek is that unlike modern day star trek uh this 
this Battlestar was one of was one of the first sci-fi shows that I watched of the modern day area that had a continuous ongoing long story arc from episode mm. to episode. You, you couldn't just really sit down and just start watching episode six of season three and expect to understand what was going on. Whereas with Star Trek, the next generation, you could watch almost any episode and it would just be a complete self-contained story. And I love that. Um, and so what this is that, your- that's a really good point because I think that you know when you think about some of those old TV shows like even like um, like Knight Rider or, or Star Trek it was very much or you could sit down and watch anything but I think the the it's those long longer story arcs that people are looking for and I think that was really the the game changer for me of where TV became more exciting than movies because yeah. when they did that they took the time to develop a character you started to care about them and you you kind of got to really explore I guess their their weaknesses and their strengths as a character that's right and that when you've got those continuous ongoing stories just to virtually paraphrase what you've said you do get more emotional story writing because those those stories carry on and you build up to things whereas if everything's contained within a 44 minute episode there's very little um you can you can bring about well not 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 comparatively um but a really well done remake the casting in this series i thought was superb and you know i would go so far as to say even as probably a bigger star trek fan and there being so much star trek in the world of all those commander types uh the edward james olmos uh adama for me is the ultimate that's the guy i want in charge of any ship i'm on board he's just absolutely superb Definitely. I think, you know, he, he's the leader that I think any of us, you know, you you would thrive under him. Yeah. And I think there's a, there's a scene in there that, that you quite often talk about, Paul, um, you know, when everyone's going crazy on the ship and he brings more into the boxing ring. And I feel like that's, that, right. that's the type of lo- lockdown leadership that the world needs. That's right. A great scene. A great show. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so obviously that was on your list. What, what's another one on your list, Paul? Okay, I'm going to go on a limb here and say I don't think this one will be on your list. And this is Sherlock. Uh, so the 2010 version of Sherlock. Mm-hmm. Uh, Benedict Cumberbatch and Martin Freeman. Uh, for me, this is just one of those shows that um, defines, because I, I love all of those sort of types of mysteries and I love a lot of police dramas, but this is something that is really hard to put into a, a genre for me because there's so much about this show that's funny so much that uh, again emotional storytelling um so much tension um brilliant cinematography and editing um just an absolutely fantastic show and you know i talked about elementary before and i, I love the robert downey jr version of sherlock holmes as well um ian mckellen version there's various types of sherlock but this uh, is the one that I most relate to, and I just find the chemistry between the, the lead two actors to be second to to none of, of of any television show. It's one of those shows that I've watched a few times, and each time, even though I know what's going to happen, it still still you know really gets the blood going. It's a fantastically put together show, and you know probably uh, just looking at my list, probably my my pick of the crop for for the UK TV shows. It's probably just absolutely fantastic and it disappoints me that i hear all these rumors that apparently the madam freeman and benedict have had some sort of falling out and you know these guys are really busy now because they're off doing huge movies and you know mm. all kinds of things and will we ever see them come back together again i don't know but yeah it's uh it's it's one of those shows that is part of 
who I am. I feel it's just fantastic. Mm. No, that's a, another really good call. I think um, we've said it um, numerous times on Half Measures, but you know, often the the BBC um, TV series is a, a, such a high quality uh, production. Um, writing, storytelling, and often, you know, like each season of Sherlock, like it's what about three episodes, but they're yep. often they're they're movie length episodes, um, correct? Yeah, and they're they're just so enjoyable, and such a, a I think a a great fresh take on Sherlock, a, a character that obviously is retold many times every yeah. decade. That's right, and what I like about it, as you say, is it's, it's just three episodes. It's very very compact and very short and it always leaves you wanting more which is always a great way to end any series i think um but uh, with all due respect to a show like elementary for example i feel like there are some filler episodes you know they've they've made seven seasons of that whereas with sherlock there's no filler it's all absolute cream of the crop quality and um Mm. I i think that is is quite an important thing for a number of good successful shows that's a good recommendation good recommendation Okay, so um, the next one on my list is going to be Lost. Oh, so, I thought about this one. I thought about this one, but it didn't make it. It didn't make it. So um, I think Lost, and this is probably going to be a bit of a uh, a theme of things to come, Lost was um, a TV show which um, I, like I remember sitting down to watch it episode by episode each week and just... I couldn't wait to talk about it at, with my with my friends, with my colleagues about what had happened, to theorize different components of things that happened on the island, different sort of story arcs, and it was one of those shows which, you know, people were like, oh, "I hate Lost. Oh, it's about a stupid plane crash." This is like the people who just really love the kind of the 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 lore, the L O R E lore of the of the island, what was happening, the different characters, who you cared about, who you didn't, sort of the the constant mysteries that um that kind of unraveled. And you know, like yeah, there's lots of answers, which you know, things that went unanswered on that show. Yeah. Um, and but I, look, I. I just loved. I I loved it for what it is. I would happily spend hours talking about what happened in Lost. I remember watching the the very final episode and just being almost kind of like dumbfounded. I didn't really know what. I had to rewatch it again to really understand yeah, what actually right. what actually happened. Um, look, it's it's what it's six seasons of Lost. Um, and if you can kind of get past kind of the I, I think it's it, it gets a, a bad rep and a lot of hate for the wrong reasons mm, um, I agree but it, but it's a, a, another really great character driven character driven show um, which I, if you actually you know stick with it you'll get a lot out of it and from the very first episode it, it hits you in the stomach and it's like let's go and it, there's no sort of mucking around or anything it does feel like there is some sort of up and down episodes occasionally but in general it's all focusing on a, a bigger wider story arc um, and just a, a quality show for me look I loved it from start to finish and it was one of these shows where I didn't actually come into it uh, until quite late um, so I didn't have that sort of what you just described you know talking to friends uh, as, as episodes dropped I, I actually binge watched it with with my wife and we were just hooked and it was one of those shows that just it took over like we have what we call like a like a priority show where if if something's that good we drop all other shows 
no matter how good it's they amazing. are, we've just got to finish, you know, finish that show. Lost was one of them where it was just like night after night. It would be, okay, I need to see what happens next. And there's something about Lost is unique because to me, it feels like there's no other TV sh show that's quite like it. There's no other, the premise was so different and it was so, uh, so well written, despite all the criticism uh, and so well cast um, mm -hmm. that I just, I could have happily seen another four seasons if they wanted to stretch it out. And look, I think one of the, um, you know, one of the challenges I think with TV shows like Lost and the way that I think TV funding works is they never know whether they're actually going to, like, are we going to get the six seasons to tell our show? Yeah. Is the network going to shut us down? And so I feel like often the storyline and writing can be a little bit up and down as they kind of get, like, comfortable and uncomfortable with, oh, yep, we've been extended, we can keep pushing out the storyline, or actually we better not go too far, we don't know whether we're coming back for the next season. Mm. Um, and, and there's not a lot of that in Lost, but I, I do feel like there is definitely bits where um, – I feel like there's things they could have gone deeper in or things they could have maybe avoided, but such a, such a great watch. Um, and I think that if I could, if I could pay for a service in the future that erases my memory of seeing a TV show so that I could rewatch it all over again, yes. I would definitely do that with Lost. It'd be amazing. That would be fantastic. Every time I hear someone watching a show that I absolutely love, there's a part of me that I can't describe it any other word other than jealousy because I yes. know they're in for a, a great time to watch that show and uh, you know there's nothing like the first time with a show like lost obviously fantastic definitely, choice definitely. fantastic choice and yeah well worthy of the list what's next on your on your list paul um so this is the one tv show that you'll find isn't from north america or the uk in fact it's from new zealand 2007 flight of the concords wow it's, what a great choice it's it's amazing just, it's just a show that i as a foreigner who came to these soils and didn't quite get a lot of the kiwi humor straight away um sat down to watch this hbo show and just fell in love with it so much that i think we've watched this i would say maybe four times i don't know but i never get bored of it uh we went to see uh, the Flight of the Conk was live here in, in Wellington, and it was just... You, you're, good, you're good friends with Brett McKenzie, aren't you? Well, see, I, I, I've, I'm glad you brought that up because, uh, yes, we did We did once uh, have, a, have, a, have a conversation at a bar in Wellington one evening, and it's uh, one of my biggest regrets in my life is that in the course of having, a, a, a I would say, a three-minute conversation, which isn't long, but it is quite long when you're talking to someone, you know, a celebrity, that I did not once talk about uh his work his comedy not once did i congratulate on him on his his academy award because he just won the oscar of course. <laughs> um, and instead i spent the entire time because uh, he asked me what i did for a job and uh you know i spent the entire time explaining to him uh, the ins and outs of what i do for a living and he seemed so fascinated by it that i just carried on and then before I knew it, before I knew <laughs> you've it, you've never had someone be interested in a regulatory framework. So no, that's um, right. I yeah, before I knew it, I, I I couldn't help myself. I asked for a photograph, obviously, because that's that's who I am. And then you know he made his way politely away, and I was like, that that's that's what I've got to take from that conversation was that he's learned some things about me. Amazing. Um, look, it just so funny. Just uh, I I feel like if ever there was a show that represented my appreciation for kiwi humor this this is it 
um, the, the two leads uh, together with Reese Darby as Murray, um, just absolutely quintessential uh, comedy classic. Yeah, look, I, that's such a great choice. And I think it really has got Kiwi, Kiwi humour nailed. Um, and there's this, like, I remember even the, I remember even the, the soundtrack to Flight of the Concords. Just incredible. Just listening to those, um, the songs yeah. that they've made for it. Um, just brings back the last every time. That was hilarious. I, I feel like I actually need to put that show on my rewatch list. It's been a while since I've seen it. Um, and look, one of my favourite sayings out of that show for the longest time was, um, you could be a part-time model and you'll still have to keep your normal job. Like it's so, it, it's so, it's so dank. It's so, um, Brilliant, right? it, it's, uh, the episode where they make like the cell phone and they, yes, they take the camera to, oh, I just, I love it. Brett with the helmet, with the hair on top of the helmet. I mean, just. <laughs> Bowie genius. to Bowie. Just, yeah. Just, oh, just genius. Absolute genius. And, uh. Yeah, the fact that the two of them are still doing concerts together, uh, you know, if they ever come back to perform again in New Zealand, I'm straight there, definitely. I think that was when um, Flight of the Concords was in its peak. I remember they were doing lots of shows around the world, and I remember being like, I wish they'd come back to New Zealand, but I think that they'd already kind of had their offer into New Zealand, um, and they were rightly, you know, going around the world, uh, making much more money than they they could have back here. Uh, But, yeah, I agree. I would love to see them live. I imagine it would be great. Real good, real good show. What's, what have you got for me now, Nam? Okay, so um, I really hummed and hard about putting the show on the list because I'm still pretty angry about it. But um, God, I already know what it is. It's it's Game of Thrones. Oh, so, okay. Um, I don't know what it is. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So um, Game of Thrones is a show which um, back back in the day fluctuated with another show for my top one and two positions and I loved Game of Thrones more than is really reasonable um, for a TV show. Uh, we had a blog named after it at, at one point. Um, I, another show I just couldn't wait. The highlight of my day was knowing that it was Game of Thrones Day, right. talking about it again, same as last, like talking about it with friends. The anticipation of seeing it. Uh, theorizing like what was going to happen just honestly so so good it's another show where I could spend um days talking about it and I remember when the the final season was coming out thinking to myself this is going to be a show that I imagine I sit down and watch every year and it's going to be great but season eight was such a freaking train wreck that I'm and I'm so irrationally angry about it even the thought of watching game of thrones now and all of those wasted plot lines wasted time and energy put into like what the story could have been and it not actually delivering just it really just and from what i, I, I from what i, I understand I this this view that you've expressed seems to be across the board so when we talk about something like star wars the the, the sequel trilogy there's people who love it and people who hate it it seems with the game of thrones world that most of the people who watch that show are on the same sort of same view that you've just expressed that no one really liked that final season no and i i think that that's the thing even the actors have come out and said they didn't actually like the final season they didn't right. agree with you know the, the that's way disappointing they, for everyone then yeah and I, I think that's the thing it's just the i think it's a show that um 
so much of the world was into, so much of the um, the world watched, um, and it had so much potential. And I think, you know, I think there's always an element of fan disappointment that you don't get the story or the answers that you want. But I think, you know, you've only got to look on on, on Reddit threads, and 99% of the population could could actually kind of fix some of that, that core story arc with a, a, a few character changes, a few line changes. And, you know... It just it felt rushed. They were just wrapping up things. There was things they just cast aside, things that didn't make sense. Um, but it's a show which I think will always mean a lot to me. And I'm I'm just I feel <laughs> I, Paul, I feel hurt. I feel hurt that they let season eight and some people would even say season seven um started to show some of these um cracks in the in the foundation. Um but I, I can forgive season seven, but season eight your, your whole body know. language. Your whole body language. I can see across the the, the laptop has changed. And the thing is, is like I, have, I rewatched all of Game of Thrones, like for like the third time, so that like, when it came to the last season, I'd be ready. I'd be ready for everything that was going to happen, and I just don't even know if I can watch that show again. And I think that's what makes me so sad. I was I was ready to every and yet year. Yeah, it's, it's made your it it's made your ten shows to know you. Well, I think yeah. You, you, to know me, you've got to know what hurts me. And uh, Game of Thrones. Oh, wow, this podcast has gone deep now. <laughs> enough. Anyway, enough ranting about the um, um, the greatness that went to a really dark place. Um, what's next on your list? Okay, so um, next on my list uh, is something of an unusual choice. Some might say uh, it's another comedy uh, I ventured into. I've I found this really hard to not just go 10 comedies to define me because it's, it's something I love watching the most almost. But uh, this is a comedy, and I'm going to describe it to you by reading out the IMDb descriptor, you know, when you look up a show. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The lives of two eccentric metal detectorists who spend their days plodding along plowed tracks and open fields, hoping to disturb the tedium by unearthing the fortune of a lifetime. This is a show, uh, 2014 UK show called Detectorists. Um, So this stars uh, Mackenzie Crook, uh, better known as Gareth from The Office, uh, and Toby Jones as the two two lead guys. And it is such a simplistic, beautiful, wonderful show about, as I've just described, these two guys that basically, they have their jobs, but they're not really interested in those. They're, all they really care about is getting out into the fields with their metal detectors, just trying to find some some, some gold. And it's only a, a three seasons long, um, and it is some of the most subtle, wonderful comedy I've ever witnessed. And I think because there's a West Country twang to these guys, uh, the way they talk, it, it's very... Um, uh, special to me in terms of where I grew up in the West country of the UK. uh, It brings back a few memories there. It's just, it's just wonderful. And I, I I don't think I can do any justice by trying to explain it. So I'm not going to talk too long about it, but all I can say is if you can watch this show, uh, you'll know within the first, I know I say this a lot, but you'll know within the first two episodes, if if it's for you, and if it is for you, you'll want to watch the whole thing. And if it's not, you'll you'll be turning off very, very quickly, but it's just uh, a beautifully written show with real simple human values of small town friendships and just no big ambitions, just really happy with where they are in life. They're playing the cards they've been dealt um, and they're just very content in their little corner of the world. And then suddenly things start happening and it's, um, 
yeah, it's it's it's, it's a brilliant show. Is there look? You had me at um, Gareth from the office. Is there? Is it on any of the streaming platforms in New Zealand that we hey, we watch? Or? You can watch the first two seasons on Netflix. Oh yeah, um, okay. And then the third season, uh, I don't believe, is currently online. There, I'm not sure where you could find that, but uh, yeah, it's. Uh, and, and what's the show actually called? The Detectorists it's called it's, it's called Detectorists. Oh yeah, okay, cool. And, uh, yeah. I'm interested. You, you've piqued my interest. Good. I'll be interested to hear what you have to say when, because I know my list of things for you is now is getting bigger and bigger. So we'll we'll see how quickly that one moves <laughs> up the list. Ah, uh, good, good, good. Okay, so the um the next one on my list, um, and look, this is probably the TV show you thought I was going to mention before. Um, uh, is The Walking Dead. Um. The first seven seasons of the show, amazing. Well, mostly amazing. Yes. Um, it's a show, again, which um, so many great characters. Um, it really evolved in its, um, its premise of what they were trying to do. Um, as much as it's a zombie show, it's a show about survival. It's a show about... Um, how terrible human beings are to one another. Um, and, look, and, you, and you can see this in the, in the lockdown world we're living in, you know, people over buying toilet paper, hoarding supplies. That's right. Um, <clears throat> but it's a, yeah, it's just a, it's a show that, that I, I really enjoyed. Um, and I think the one thing that's slightly different for me, say from a, a Game of Thrones, is that so we're now at um, season 10 of The Walking Dead and, you know, you, you've seen my emotional journey of frustration with the show. It. I live it week in, week out. But it, it doesn't worry me like it does Game of Thrones because even if even if Walking Dead ended now, I feel like, uh, you know, I've I've had the good bits that I've that I've wanted. I've had some good storytelling, and yeah, there's there's been some stuff that's been a bit eh, but you know, it, it it's fine. Whereas I think compared to Game of Thrones, it was all building up to one major story arc, which which fell over. Whereas I think Walking Dead is okay. is mul- multiple story arcs. Um, and I, I'm a pretty That's big right. Walking Dead um, comic book fan, and they're pretty rapidly um, catching up to where those comics like so the comic series is, is finished now. Um, and it will be interesting to see whether they decide to. Um, go rogue and tell their own stories from here on out, or whether they potentially bring it to an end as well. Um, and I think, given given what's going on in the world, I think I imagine all options are up in the air at the moment. So, you know, ten seasons for a show is a is a pretty good run. Um, and I imagine we'll we'll at least get, at the very least, I'd imagine eleven or twelve seasons, if oh, okay. not more. Oh, yeah. really? Okay. I was wondering. I thought we might have just one more. I was thinking season eleven could, could potentially be it. Look, I um I agree with a lot of what you've said. I think I might refine your statement around the first seven seasons and say maybe the first six seasons were top notch. Uh, I simply I always refer to that as being the tipping point, that final episode of season six, where Negan's got them all in a semicircle, and you know that that for me remains the ultimate cliffhanger episode of any TV show of all time. It was just like you know you knew that someone was going to get taken out, and you know all of those characters were fantastic, and who was going to get it? Um, yeah, I think, and then I think you know, 
because I was sort of like thinking, where do I put the the line? And I, I said season seven because I think it was sort of that first episode of season seven, which kind of concludes the the semicircle lineup around Negan. Um, but I think the the tension that they're able to build in Walking Dead, you know, at season yep. in season six, incredible. And another show at work, like theorizing what's going to happen, how That's do you right. get out of it? What would you do in this situation? Who would you be? You know. Yeah, who would you have in your team? Who would you want if you were, you know, who would you have in your Walking Dead squad in the apocalypse? Yeah, that's right. Um, and I think just like what we're witnessing at the moment, some crazy haircuts emerge from that uh, from that apocalypse. That I'm just thinking we're going to see some of that right now with lockdown. Um, yeah, the, the other thing I was going to say about uh, The Walking Dead uh, is just, and I, at the risk of sounding like a broken record, Every time I watch an episode of it, when it goes to the opening credits, I love the opening credits style and the music. It mm. builds me up mm. with that same tension that I used to get with season one, two, three, four, five. And yeah, I just feel like for me, it's one of those shows that unless they've got some good stories to go to, unless there's something they can dig into those comics, I'm hoping that they just they just finish it right before we see this apparent trilogy of uh, Rick Grime movies. Yeah, look, that'll be interesting, right? Like, I don't know, I don't know whether, like, do we need the Rick Grime movies? Like, look, I'm definitely going to watch them, but. I think we'll get one. I'm surprised they've labelled mm. it a trilogy already. I think we'll get one and then we'll see what happens from that, unless they shoot them all back to back. Yeah, and is it like a direct-to-TV uh, movie or is it a. Hopefully, that yeah, suits me uh, perfectly. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. What's, uh, so no Walking Dead on your list, Paul? No, again, it's one of those nope. shows that I I would potentially consider for like a an all time top. But in terms of defining me, mm-hmm. not not quite. I think uh, my wife might have it on on her list. Um, but yeah, a great a great show. My my next show is uh, the oldest show I have on this this list. Goes back to the sixties, um, and this is the original Batman TV show. Wow. Amazing. And this is this is as close as it gets to me as a kid in terms of Knight Rider sort of seeing me through some of those early years. The same with Star Trek Next Generation, a little bit older. This is probably pre all of that, probably the, the first TV show I can remember watching as a very young child. Um, Saturday lunchtime, I was uh, obsessed with it. Who, who was Batman going to be fighting this week? Mm. I just loved the whole... Uh, all of those villains, the Riddler, the the original Joker, Catwoman, just Penguin was my favourite, to be honest. Um, just fantastically put together. And, you know, you watch it now, and it's one of those shows that is still watchable now. I've I've started watching some of it with, with uh, the wife and kids here, and, you know, they kind of love it. And I think there's something mm-hmm. about it which is just, you know, it's very, very different. It's not it's not Batman that we know and love from the movies, but um, it's something that as a kid growing up just defined part of my identity. I used to love, you know, just love it. Brilliant. Yeah, look, I again, I I echo everything you're saying. Very similar, like such fond childhood memories of um, of that Batman TV show, and yeah, you know, I would I would credit that TV show with actually getting me into comics and really opening me up to the world of superheroes. Um, I yeah. think you're right. Like the 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 villains were just as good as the as the, as Batman and Robin. Um, the the cliffhangers it would end on 
you know, as the Cape Crusader going to get out of this week's sticky situation? You and know, is he, and that, I, was, that was as a kid. Is, was he going to get over? I believed as a kid that sometimes he might not. I was actually convinced he might not. Whereas, of course, you yeah, watch it now, right. you, you know he's. He, there's no way in hell he's never going to get out of it. Yeah, that's right. That's right. No, that, that is a a great choice. Great choice. And another show where I again I have very few Matchbox cars, but again the Batmobile is one of those that I do do own. And another look, and that's a classic. Car. That's a classic Batmobile, right? Like you know, you could probably show that car to anyone in the world, and that's a Batmobile. Yeah. Iconic. So. Great mm. theme tune, mm. and uh, yeah. I, I love to just the whole. Um, you know how they just really went over the top on just like bat related things. So, you know, bat shark repellent and bat you know, computer. Ah, oh, so good. And it's all labeled like that. Like it's incredible. So, we're getting close to the end. What's, what have you got next? Uh, the next show on my list is um, actually another another comedy. I, I feel like I've maybe gone too modern when I, when I hear your list, but. Um, Look, here we are. It's a half measure. Of course. What can we do? What can we do? Um, I'm going to go with Arrested Development. So, um, Arrested Development. So, Arrested Development. There's actually five seasons of this show, but I would almost kind of pinpoint this as Arrested Development, season one to season three. And I just feel like so that show is the perfect comedy for me. It's um, not. It's, you know, like we talked about before, um, sort of episodic comedy. Arrested Development isn't a show where you just pop in and you just watch one episode. It's a show where you're in for the long haul. They're about developing carries, um, characters. They're about longer-term stories. Um, there's jokes in there that, you know, from season one beyond continue to sort of play out. And it's constantly hilarious. It's um, narrated by Ron Howard. And I think that just adds a whole nother element to the show, just having this sort of third party narrate what's going on. Right. Um, it's got Michael Cera. Um, and it's just uh, quality actors, super um, sort of like um, dark humour about a dysfunctional family. And it's a show that again I've watched several times, and people like they really they love it or they hate it. People, it's, you know, you talk about shows before where people watch a few episodes and they're just like, "This is not for me." And it's actually it's a show that's actually not for a lot of people, but for me, you know. And I think the reason it's on my list is because if you get that type of humour, like we're probably going to have a special bond, and you know right. we're probably going to share the same type of memes. Um, and it's yeah, so okay. Look, really enjoy it. I've had a few people recommend the show to me, and I've never got around to watching it. And then when they they recently re-released another season, I suddenly thought maybe now is a good time to jump in. Um, but yeah, I hear a lot of really great things about this show, and I just, for me, this is going to sound very odd. Something about the title, I just didn't get the title, and so I just don't think it grabbed me by the title. But then I look at some of the other shows that I watch, and I think, well, how do you explain Eastbound and Down? I mean, I don't know. Something about <laughs> yeah, the rest yeah, of them, yeah. I didn't quite, didn't quite get it. But uh, well, I and I, I think it's because ultimately, what it is is about is a, a family that is involved in some property development, um, and it all kind of goes downhill with embezzlement and fraud and um, all sorts of things. So. Yeah, look, I think if you're if you're interested, give it a go. You'll know whether it's for you or not um, pretty early on. Uh, but I think if it is for you, I think you're in for a treat. I think it's another show where it's you know they've made these extra seasons, which I, you know, sometimes that they, 
too much of a good thing is sometimes not a good thing as well. And I, I worry that that's what's happened with the rest of the development because, you know, the additional seasons they made, I don't know if they add anything to the story. Okay. It's kind of like sometimes sometimes characters are just sort of, you know, in these types of shows, are better left, left off where, you know, where yeah. they originally ended. Just really quickly on that, I love it when things come back. I, you know, we talked about, you know, Linda Hamilton coming back in Terminator. Uh, I love it when something that you think was finished and done, Star Trek Picard is another example, when you think that you're never going to see these things again. I love them all coming back. And even if it flops and even if it's not worth it, I still, there's still some value in seeing those characters again, even just for a few moments. I still always appreciate them bringing it back. And then having watched the whole thing, sometimes you regret it. But yeah, nice, nice. I'll put it on my list. Right. I'll, put, I'll put it on my list. <clears throat> What um what's next for you? So I'm going to 2001, and this is a UK comedy. It won't take us long to talk about because we've we've talked about it before. This is the Office, the UK Office, um, and I think this is on my list in terms of defining me because it felt like it was the first comedy that I watched that was actually my comedy. It felt like everything else I'd watched before this was. It's kind of either from my parents' generation or it was someone else's who was saying, hey, come and watch this. Whereas with the UK office, it was like I discovered it right from the start. And yeah, this, this is just where it all began in terms of the great comedies for me was, was The Office. And, you know, I've been a Ricky Gervais fan ever since I've watched every single television show he's made, all of his stand-up comedies all of his movies. I think I, I can actually say I've seen everything he's been in. I just find him absolutely exceptional as a, as a writer, as a director, and of course, you know, as a, as a, as an actor in that role of David Brent, just, uh, it just, it went with me just for years, this comedy, and I just loved it. I, I can't talk enough about the show. And as I say, we've, we've talked about the office probably enough on this podcast, but um, we've talked about the U S one, but this for me was part of who I am. So I think um, I don't think you can ever talk too much about the office, Paul. I think we could. <laughs> yeah, let's, let's make that a rule. Yeah, there's, there's no um, much like Fast and the Furious. It's a it's a it's a Again. genre you can talk about forever. Yeah, every episode. Um, <clears throat> it's important that it comes up every episode. Never forget, Paul. Never forget. Um, Look, The Office uh, UK is actually on on my list as well. Um, oh. Now I'm a I'm a huge, huge fan of the US office. But the UK office was obviously the the first one, um, you know, it was the first. And I think much like you, you know, as you say, it was a it was a comedy for us. And I think I remember watching it thinking, is this real? Like is this a real office? That's is this right. a comedy? Like and just having that moment of like, what is this? And it was like someone was daylighting what it's actually like to work in an office I and I felt like with it and I felt like it's you know it's almost like it's it's not just me this is actually the way it is and obviously you know not to some of the extremes that are in the office but it's, I think it just it was such a a simple take um on an everyday thing but so well done um and the, the characters are timeless and I can't help but like you know obviously it spawned the u.s version and the u.s version i think obviously mimicked what happened in the uk office 
in the first um, season, but then it pretty much went off on its own. And I'm so glad it did because that's that's a show again with like nine seasons of just gold, gold, such a great palate cleanser, such a great watch. So, and I think if we didn't have the UK office, we wouldn't have the American office. So we've um, got to be grateful for, 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 for a great grateful. many reasons. A great many and, look, reasons. And, I, and I agree with you. Ricky Gervais is amazing. He's a comedic genius. Every show he's in is, is, is pure gold. So I agree. Great show. Great show. So we're down to our last shows. Mm. Uh, so um, what do you got for me, Dan? So um, I'm going to go with The Sopranos. Oh, great show. So, show. so Sopranos is the um, another show, I guess almost a little bit like Lost, where I remember watching it on like what I would call normal TV, you know, like back in the days of pre-streaming. Um, I've... You know, I, I mentioned this last week when talking about Goodfellas. I feel like I've always had a real fascination with the mafia and the mob and that whole sort of universe. And The Sopranos really brought that to life for me. And I think it's a – I think the first time I, I, I watched it, I don't know whether I really took it all in because when I, when I watched it years later, just again, like – almost ahead of its time in the way it tells the stories, ahead of its time in the in the character development. Um and just I I I just can't I can't rave about the show enough. If you haven't seen Sopranos, then I think you need to get your life in order and and probably sit down and and, and watch it. Put it put it on your list as, as your next binge because um we've got six seasons. Um of just really fascinating stuff and I think Sopranos actually happens over the period of when 9-11 happens and I think what's in, what's yes that's right, in, that's right. What, what's what's interesting about it is you know some of the you know the a big change in America was um, particularly from a, a FBI point of view of changing their surveillance on organized crime to actually changing you know a much more of a focus on terrorism and you actually see things like that play out in the sopranos and it, it's just really cool it's um James Gandolfini amazing actor um i i can't rave about it enough it's it's probably one of my my favorite shows of all time yeah oh look it's certainly in my top shows of all time and it came as another one like lost was close to my list just amazing storytelling great tension i mean just as you say ahead great, of its great time intro. yeah great again intro. another fantastic intro um james mm. gandolfini just superb uh i don't know the name of the actor but paulie walnuts just just a terrific character um i really uh, look when I when my like, I've got some grey hairs on the side of my head, um, but I I wish I could have the Pauline Paulie Walnuts grey grey. That's that's great. It's beautiful, right? Bada bang, you know. Great it's show, good. great show. And look, funnily enough, my my final show. This was a real struggle for me, and I. It's one of those shows which, like Sopranos, I thought. Does it define who I am? I don't want it to define who I am. But the, the bottom line is, is that I talk about it all the time. I love the show. I'm re-watching it at the moment. It's the inspiration for the name of this podcast. It's Breaking Bad. I just, mm. I cannot, I cannot 
leave it out. I feel like this is a show that alongside medical school, this entire universe has um, become for me just part of who I am, the fabric. I just cannot get enough of the rewatch. It's right up there. There's so much. And I think listening, because I listen to a lot of podcasts and I've, I've always listened to the the producers of the Breaking Bad and Medical Soul and the editors and the directors and the actors. And I feel like that the podcast world has brought me in even more because I've now hearing the stuff behind the scenes. And, you know, when El Camino came out, I just could not, could not wait to watch this show. It's, it's just the, I'm going to go on the record and say I think I have to include it on my list because I think it's the greatest television show of all time. Uh, I, in terms of that story writing, acting, tension, direction, just, and I think what shocks me the most is that it because it came from a place where I didn't get into it at the start because I heard the synopsis and I'm like, that show is not for me. I'm not watching it, and it's a it's a, so it's a reminder for me anytime I get a recommendation for a show to actually give things a go. Because when I first got told about Breaking Bad, I was like, that is not for me, and here I am. It's uh, it's fantastic. I think you know when you talk um, we talk about good storytelling, like Vince Gilligan knew the story he wanted to tell in every single one of those episodes of Breaking Bad. Like, there's not one single wasted episode, and I think. The other thing that really, I think, why it appeals to the masses is, you know, you have shows like, I don't know, like The Sopranos, Game of Thrones, whatever. They're all kind of like um, set with a a bit of a fantasy type element, like maybe not so much Sopranos, but it's like it's not like yeah. not anyone can just go out and be, um, be in the mafia. But like, you know, Breaking Bad, the premise is like an everyday school teacher becoming a, a drug kingpin and I think it, it really that this is such a great job of taking you on the journey of what would it actually be like for somebody you know if all of a sudden they they were desperate they needed um, a new income source what if they did get into drugs what are some of the things that come with that what are some of the the challenges they're going to have and I think all throughout the entire um, show of Breaking Bad it makes you think about um, your actions, what you would do in the situation, it you, How you kind would you of go? yeah, yeah. No, look, it's a it's such a fantastic show, and I think you know you only have to Google what should I watch, and people are you know Sopranos, Breaking Bad, Walking Dead, game. like these are all like they're all the, they're the, they're the big classics, and you can't go wrong with any of them. Um, I think that the unfortunate thing with all these shows is everybody has has seen so many of the uh, the big ones, but I think yeah. not as many people have seen the, you know, obviously the the spinoffs like the Better Call Soul, which are which are just as good. You know, I know you're oh, a big fan of those shows. Massive. Yeah. Well, we've got some well, good lists. A couple of a uh, couple of surprises on your list. Um, but yeah, solid tens from both of us. I feel. Yeah. Look, I think. Um, I easily could add another 10 into the mix, oh, uh, much like the, the movie list. Even as you were talking, it reminded me of other shows that I I, I desperately almost was re-scrambling to, to re recreate my list. I was like, oh, do I change it? Do I change it? But, you know, that's, um, that's TV shows to talk about for another time, I imagine. Correct. I feel like there's some, some more lists that have come out of this and more, some more podcast ideas that we could could do in the future and uh yeah definitely. whilst we're on lockdown this could this weekly 
sessions could continue not wanting to get the the listeners too excited but we could we could we could go another week if it's locked down for a few more weeks which i think it will be yeah lockdown definitely and hey look um you know as much as we we joke about lockdown and, and how hard it is you know what, what you know they talk about a bit of bit of kindness in this uh, in this time that's right and and, and what would really actually help us out is um, like tell your friends about half measures. The 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 more listeners that we have, the um, the more it kind of inspires us to make episodes. If you want to ask a question, if you've got an idea for a podcast topic you'd like us to discuss, definitely reach out to us. Um, you can do it on all sorts of different channels. You can do it on our Twitter, Instagram, uh, even through um, Anchor. I believe you can actually leave a, a voicemail. That's right, you can um, for us. So. Yeah, what's our, what's our um, what's our um our handles? Our, our tweet handle, our Twitter handle. It's good to, it's good to see. Like, this is why you're not the social media manager. I feel I'm not all um, over it. I, yeah. Is it pod? Is it podcast? I always forget. Yeah, no, so Twitter is at Half Measures Pod, and Instagram is at Half Measures Podcast. And yeah, if you want to leave us a message on Anchor, we would love to hear your voice. You can only imagine would, some of the things we might get there. Look, I I would imagine uh, a, a super fan like Shane, um would love to leave us a message, and you know if she if she leaves us a message, we'll, we'll answer it. You know, we'll we'll make it a, a point of interest. We'll go to the mailbag for our next episode. So that's right. And can. just just remember, we're always watching you because you know we've got the we've got the technology. We we've got some new listeners in the UK. Uh, we've got listeners in in Nottingham as well. So. Uh, Somewhere, somewhere in Nottingham, if you're listening to this, why not get in touch? Robin Hood. It's Robin Hood. I'm sure right. of it. <clears throat> All right, Paul. Well, uh, look, it's been it's been real. Have a have a great uh, weekend. And, and you uh, too. I'll see I'll see you on the, the next episode of Half Measures. Thanks everyone for listening and stay safe. Adios.